My second theory, running along the Wang Nan was the rightful owner of that original ring, is that Karaka is not the rightful owner of his ring. But And so him saying, my brother, is not his literal brother, but brother means my competition, my rival. AOA, that's a triple play. New episodes of Kim Wei. Yeah. Open your mind at the first gate. Press play, no need to debate. AOA, check me out. What is going on, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, people of all ages? Welcome back to the AOA show. I'm your host, as always, Ian, along with my boys, Isaiah. Yo, yo, yo. And Gavin. What is twiddly dinkin' your winkin' Gucci flinkin'? <laughs> anyway, today <laughs> we are talking about Tower of God, of course, season two of the webtoon. Uh, hit me up with the chapters one more time, Isaiah. That, uh, that would be time. chapters 214 or 215 to 225. Ooh. Thank you very much, sir. So we will be going over these in a deep dive analysis today. We already had our live stream. It mm -hmm. was our best one yet. At the time of recording this right now, absolutely A1 stream. Fantastic. We broke records in terms of how many people we had in. I think at one point peaking at 375 yeah. where our previous yeah, yeah, peak yeah. was like 315. Mm. So that's huge numbers. Huge mm. improvement. Um, made some new friends along the way. True. Uh, so if you guys haven't seen that already, you definitely want to see that. A lot of stupid, uh, crazy reactions. A lot of stupid, mm. emphasis on stupid, mm. uh, crazy reactions by yours truly here. Definitely check that out. And if you haven't seen it already, we posted our blog post discussion Indeed. compiled by our beautiful mods in our Discord. Mm -hmm. So if you want to catch our thoughts on some of the blog post that SIU so graciously wrote for us to enjoy, you can catch that as well on our YouTube channel. But mm -hmm. today we are going to be talking about these um, compiled by the beautiful folks in our Discord. A lot of beautiful people around here <laughs> um, who asked some questions in terms of what they wanted us to talk about, what predictions mm -hmm. they wanted us to, to make, etc. Um, from the chapters that we had read in our live stream. So we compiled a list of the seven most upvoted questions, and we will be answering those today, giving some predictions, thoughts, etc. So if you guys like the content today, you want to see more, make sure you guys are liking, subscribing, hitting that notification bell, sharing with your friends, and commenting your thoughts down below. What did you think of this discussion? Do you agree? Do you disagree? Etc. What do you think about these chapters that we went over? What are your thoughts on Tower of God as a whole? But anyway, hopping into this discussion. Gavin, how are we looking? Are we ready? Oh, we are looking ready. You want me to start it off? Yeah. Let it rock. Sure. Start it off. So our first question is from Anne or on I actually think Anne. this is correct Anne, Anne. Anne. okay uh, 2005 so now as you know Yuri planned all this sending BAM to NHS name hunt station name yeah but it gets cut off no no, no you're good name hunt station yeah but no look, what I'm saying is one in, one and two oh. is there no three is this I'm all bad. one question yeah, that's oh okay okay oh I'm sorry um, sending BAM to NHS and uh, telling him bring Kaiser's name all this to prevent Bam from going to floor, uh, going to the floor of death, as she thought he would lose and up for he would lose and up for auction, and that's why she sent a high ranker to buy him and his friends. Uh, do you think it was right to manipulate Bam like this? Uh, she practically lied. Gavin and Isaiah, please not or please don't be biased. LOL. <laughs> um, 
Not going to front. Do you guys have an answer? I might have to read that again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm being completely honest here. Yeah, about the way you, you were reading that, I was like, he's not understanding he's not a word at all. he's reading. No, no, I'll take no. a stab at it okay. here. So as going through it, first of all, Anne, thank you so much for the question. And I think this is the second weekend. Well, a lot of you are reoccurring faces on here, which is is great. You guys ask very thought-provoking questions. Um, so thank you for that. But um, so it says, now that you know, now that you know Yuri planned all this, sending uh, Bam to Napon Station, bring back Kaiser's name etc um she basically she basically staged the whole thing do you think this was morally acceptable right because bomb goes there with the assumption that she he says yeah yuri told me to get the name she's fully confident in the fact that i'll be able to do so and when i give it to her we're going to be able to go to the floor of death i'm going to meet rachel again i'm going to learn a little bit more about myself but now we realize that actually yuri was lying to bam and yuri did not want uh bomb to go to the floor of death, which is very relevant because a huge point of discussion that we had last week, and <laughs> really it's been, I feel like, over the past two weeks, is this whole dilemma between Baum and Endorsey's teams and the reasonings for wanting Kaiser's name, and if their reasonings were more justified, if they weren't, if someone was being selfish, if somebody wasn't, etc. And we had people pretty split down the aisle on this. And I will say that uh, one of the main points, and I believe it was you that made it, Gavin, was that you know, Dorsey has to be careful because you really can't trust the low Pope Ren family, which I agree with, right? It's like, there's so much up in the air with that, that, you know, you don't know if they're going to let you off the hook anyway, right? But I think it's interesting now that we have this reverse side to it mm -hmm. because putting that in the reverse with Bob's perspective is something that wasn't even on the table. We didn't even say, well, what if Yuri's lying, right? Didn't even think of it because it wasn't something we're like, no, low Pope Ren family, you can't trust them. But Yuri, like, we all know Bam's reasonings. Like, if he gets it, it's fine. There's not going to be any any contention there. Mm -hmm. So I find it very interesting, actually, that Yuri lied to him because then, then you know, that goes to show that it's like Bomb didn't even really know either, right? He got lucky in the sense or, you know, however you want to call it, that he actually defeated Kaiser because mm -hmm. Yuri was not expecting him to. That wasn't part of her plan at all, at least the way that, you know, I think it brings up an interesting point, at least the at least what I'm getting from the question here. Mm -hmm. So to answer it, um, do I think it was right to manipulate Bomb like this? Um, no, I don't, personally. I mean, um, you know, I, I guess she's doing this for his pro his protection. Um, she maybe thinks the floor of death is maybe too much for him. She doesn't want him to see Rachel again. Maybe there's questions that we don't want answered at the moment. She definitely likes Bomb uh, more than just likes, too. So she definitely doesn't want him being put in harm's way. So I'm really not sure what her reasonings are. And I think I, I need a little more clarification before I gave a solidified answer on this, which unfortunately by that time, you know, this question might fall out of, uh, out of relevancy. But... Mm -hmm. um, I would like to know what her reasonings, if we get them out, are for lying. Um, I don't think it really makes it right. I think that she should tell him straight up what the deal is, uh, unless she's hiding something from him, which in, at that rate, that opens up a whole other can of worms. Um, but, you know, short answer, I don't think it was, I don't think that was great that she lied to him. Um, I think being, you know, everything that went down, there was a lot more at stake there. Um, and, you know, I think, making bomb I think it's I think it's this thing okay to wrap it up I have my I have my head on it now I think it's this issue of trust that a lot of people not a lot but some people have with bomb and his character not just viewers but like literal characters in the show right Rachel 
doesn't trust that Bomb is going to be capable enough to fulfill said goals. She doesn't really, she doesn't fully believe in his power, right? She's even quoted at one point being surprised that Bomb was able to even lift a finger against Kaiser and that she thought she chose the right sword to help her ascend the tower, etc. Um, we get sometimes with, uh, you know, way back with Kuhn, uh, although he's gotten a little bit better, um, hiding the fact at first that he wanted to kill Rachel uh, and wanted to make this coup because he didn't know how Bomb would react. And now uh, there are a couple others, but now we have Yuri in a similar position. Um, and I think, you know, it, a lot of it comes down, unfortunately, is that a lot of these folks, um, they love Bomb. They really do. And they cherish him. Some, some maybe, some don't, uh, <clears throat> Rachel. But... They want to do what's best for him, et cetera. But I think Bomb, at the end of the day, um, has to have a say in it. And I think he deserves the full picture in what's going on before he goes into it so that he can help, you know, he can devise a plan um, or something in order to get him through said hurdle, uh, at least is my opinion. And I think while these people's intentions might be good, uh, I think at the end of the day, they're doing, they can be doing sometimes a bit of a disservice to to him um, because I feel that it translates as to him them not thinking that bomb is ready to take on whatever task that might be or that it will hurt him, but not asking bomb how he feels about it. So that's my personal yeah. opinions on it. I don't know if you guys, I, I actually have something cause I kind of want to answer. And, um, I guess my thought, I agree with pretty much all your points. I think one tidbit I like to add is, um, Yuri hasn't been along for the, the BAM's journey as we have been, you know, she, mm -hmm. she hasn't seen the full extent of jewel vile grace. Like, yes, we've seen him fight white, but to be honest, she really doesn't know where he stands in terms of power other than basing it off that fight. So in her eyes, you know, she thinks Bam is almost as if we're like the same level that she left him because even when she did interact with him, all that was on Bam's mind was Rachel. So now that she meets, meets Bam again, you know, in the present, she's like, wow, okay, Bam is still in the same mindset. It doesn't really look like he's grown. And I haven't seen what level of power that he's actually built up to. Of course, we know, and we're like, yeah, Bam can beat Booty. But, you know, Yuri, she's been out of the loop this whole time. She thought he was dead. So of, I feel like, of course, she would want to protect him in a sense because she doesn't know as much as we do the extent of Bam's true power that he has. So I can see some sort of justification in terms of why she did it. However, I don't agree with it at the end of it because, again, it's a whole trust issue thing where it's like if you sit uh, obviously sitting down and communicating isn't as easy especially with bam and his emotions toward rachel so i could say to answer the question i don't think it was right for her to manipulate it however i can see why she would from the standpoint that she did if it was from the mindset of not knowing bam's power and where he is in jewel vile grace if she did have full under like a full understanding of his abilities and you know how he interacts then maybe it would be more off kilter but i what i think is more irresponsible with that decision is actually if if she was not trusting of bam's abilities sending him then to kaiser to fight i feel like that is a more dangerous um choice to make because you're assuming that you know, Bam doesn't die in some accident and, you know, Kaiser just steals his name. And then you're also hoping that she then puts them up for auction. So it's like you're kind of hoping that a lot of things line up in your place when obviously it didn't at the end of it because Bam beat Kaiser. But I feel like it was weird just the decision that she made. I'm like, a lot of things could have really went wrong and it's not like she was there to save him if things did go wrong. So I could see it being irresponsible. I don't think it was necessarily the right decision. However, you know, one thing led to another. It is what it is. But I can see some from different perspectives, you know, um, I guess fights or not fights, but like um, opinions that could be led on it. Yeah. So that would be my answer. couple things. I want to let Isaiah go. A couple yeah. things that maybe I want to unpack from what you were saying, but you might wind up answering those things within your um, 
thoughts on it. So I'm curious. To okay. Um, so I, I think it's weird to compare what Yuri did with Bomb to like the what the Lopo Ba sisters did with Endorsey because I think like what the Lopo Ba sisters did is like a hundred percent unequivocally a lie, right? Like they told her they were going to help her, and like that that was not their intent. So I think it's weird to compare something like that to something like what Yuri did, where while I do feel like it's manipulation at the end of the day, and I do feel like that by itself is wrong, like you shouldn't be manipulating anybody, um, and it does lean into the whole trust thing that both you guys brought up, um, I don't really see it as like a lie, because when she first talks to Bam about it, she's like, oh, you think you can go to the floor of death? Well, you're wrong. This, this place is not like, you know some place for kids, you absolutely shouldn't be going here. And he's like, but I have to go. I have no choice. And she's like, okay, then you have to pass this test then. If you can bring me back Kaiser's name, then I will believe that you have what it takes and that you're strong enough to survive on the floor of death. So that inherently to me does leave an option open in or should in Bomb's mind that he could fail, that he might not be ready to take on Kaiser and by extension, the floor of death, which is different than being like, all right, Bomb, go get Kaiser's name. Kaiser is this woman who you are perfectly capable of beating and there really shouldn't be any problems because then that's a lie. If you're telling, like if you're telling bomb that there's no way he should lose to this person and there's a threat he could lose, like that's a lie. You're saying something that's not the truth. But if you're the way she presents it is as a literal test. She's like, if you can, if you can, if you can beat Kaiser, then I will believe you're strong enough to go to the floor of tests. Now, again, in Yuri's head, I think there's, obviously a manipulation aspect because she doesn't expect bomb to be winning. Correct. And I think that again, that's the manipulative part and that's the part that's wrong because it, that seems to be a running theme here where like a lot of people seem to not really trust that bomb can do, you know, whatever it is he wants to do when, you know, sort of the, the, uh, you know, their backs are against the wall. Um, but I don't know. I feel like lying is like a stretch. I feel like that's like, it's, it's painting this, you know, it's like, Oh, Yuri was trying to fuck over bomb. And it's like, well, I don't think so. Cause if you think about it, like, even when in Dorsey, at the whole tail end of this, when in Dorsey learns that the floor of death is where they're going, she's like, oh, yeah, no, you absolutely can't go there. Like, what are you fucking crazy? And so, like, this place, whatever it is, is not, like, a place where, like, oh, I think I could, like, you have to be sure that you're the kind of nigga that can fuck around on the floor of death. And so, like, I think, to by extension, that's what this test is to prove, right? If, if Bomb can get Kaiser's name and not lose to Kaiser, then he might have a shot at getting to the floor of death. So I think, in my mind, it's more of, like, she was testing him. And again, that's not saying that like she wasn't, she didn't think whether she thought he was going to actually beat her or not is like kind of a separate thing. Right. But I do, I don't think that like she was trying to, you know, to mess with him or she was trying to fuck it. Cause I do think if he can't be Kaiser, like there's no way in hell he should be going to the floor of death. Cause whatever Kaiser's got going on the floor of death from the sounds of it is a hundred times worse. Hmm. Yeah. So I wanted to respond to a couple of things there. So number one, um, the Lopo Biaren family does not state that they're going to help uh, and Dorsey, they say that they are going to stop trying to kill her. So I guess if you translate that as help, fair enough, but I translate help and not trying to kill you as definitely two different things. So I think when you were saying, oh, the comparison doesn't seem warranted because it's a totally different scenario, the Lopobia Ren family, I think the scenario was not the gravity of what they could or couldn't do. Am I going to kill you? Am I not? Do I detest you? Do I love you? I don't think it's that. I think it's the fact that the, that Lopo, we, the, um, the thing in contention, in contention was, could the Lopo be a Ren family lie and, and not fulfill on their word? Yeah, 50-50, we don't know. But something we never brought up was the fact that could Yuri lie? 
yes or no, right? That wasn't even a question. So I don't think for me, it's it's a matter of what what's the extent at which the Lopobia family lies or not. And do they just straight up kill in Dorsey? Do they do whatever? Because number one, they, from all, for all intents and purposes, from what we've seen so far, and again, where we are now, this could change within a panel. I don't know. But as we know right now, they have pissed off for the moment. Um, and secondly, they, they didn't the, like Yuri does lie. Right. So I think that's, I think that's for me to, you know, answer your first point. Um, I think that's more the question, not the extent they would go to just the fact, could they lie is the thing, which yes, they could lie. Um, but yes, so could Yuri. So I think that was, you know, I didn't want to compare that as like the Lopo Biaren family is like, cause you, you use the analogy a lot of like lying in terms of, I want to fuck you over. And to me, at least, I don't see it as that. I'm not. I don't think Yuri is trying to like screw Bam over where the Lopobia Ren family would be trying to screw Endorsey over. So it definitely makes it a little more hotly contested. Um, but I think that I think that it's a lie nonetheless. Um, and I think that like a white lie or a lie, it like it's still a lie. So I don't like for me. I don't think there's really like a scale to where it's like if the question is, did she lie? You know, my my opinion goes to yes, she did, right? Whether, whatever her intentions were, if they were good, it's because of that love or whatever. Um, she did lie at the end of the day. And I, I don't think, because when, and again, it's hard because I don't have the panels in front of me right now. So I would like to get the exact verbiage in terms of what she said to him specifically when she's telling him to go do that. Um, but if I'm not mistaken, the way she interprets it is that you know, go complete this test that I know you're going to be able to complete when she says it. Like, she's like, I have full, co like, go ahead, go get it. Like, you got this slugger. You know what I mean? Like, kind of, you know, get out, go, get out there, go kick some butt, um, which is clearly not what she had, you know, what, what she had thought at all. So I guess, sure, it wasn't a lie on that, on that grand scale, but I think there were deceptive qualities in the sense that, if she really thought from the rip that bomb would have absolutely no chance um, that telling him that, you know, and it, it could be more in a way with tact, but that, Hey dude, this is like, you're, I don't, I genuinely don't think you have a chance here. And I don't want you going to the floor of death regardless. Like, sure. If you can do this, that's fine. But I, I don't know. I think there's a, I think there's a line to be had there. And I don't think that she's right, like well, evil, but I'm I think pretty that, sure that she doesn't say it like that. I am pretty positive that she like stated to him as a test because she's like oh if you believe that you are somebody that like can survive on the floor of death i need you to prove that to me i need you to go and get kaiser's mm -hmm. name this is not an easy task which but she I does which like like i said she does but i'm saying the way in which she says this is a test this is not an easy task she does tell him that it's like but go out there she like you're gonna get I'm that i'm pretty name. sure she doesn't Okay, if we can get clarification on that, yeah, that's that's fair. That but I'm great. saying, I guess at that point we're arguing two different things because sure. I I feel I don't rem I don't think that's what she said. I think the way she phrased it was more or less like down the middle of like, yeah, this is a test and you'll have to prove yourself. Well, I guess at the end of the day, here's the thing, right? We don't have to argue about two separate things when you, when you break it down. Regardless of the way she said it or she didn't, I guess my problem lies with the fact that Yuri knew more information and purposely withheld it. I think that's I think that's what the issue is here, and I think if you want to grade that on a scale of lies or what her intentions were or whatever the case is, that's fine. And I don't think she's an evil person, um, but I do think to answer the question, 
nonetheless, you had information, you withheld it. I think there's something to be said sometimes about, well, I didn't lie outright. I didn't say something that was untruthful, but it's like, yeah, but you had the truth and didn't say it. And I think that in and of itself could be considered a lie um, to answer the question. So that that's my that's my opinion on it, regardless of how it was, how it was pervaded. But um, anyway, Gavin, I know you had thoughts, but we'll, uh, we'll get to it another time um, in terms of what I was going to say to rebuttal that. So I don't want to take all day in this question. Anyway, number two by uh, Cynical Aguero. Uh, thank you for the question. It says, on the whole bomb being referred to God by Hodgin Sung, how does it contrast when Kuhn would rather help keep bomb grounded uh, saying, quote, we're not gods, you know. What do you speculate will happen later and how this conflict of interests will reach to a uh, choice since their climb will only get even more dangerous? Um yeah. So, so basically, um, okay. Han Jin Sung. I just need to read it, read it really fast. My, my apo- yeah, yeah my apologies. Sometimes need to go through. Um, yeah, I think this is, this is actually a question that I looked at before we started recording and I was like, Ooh, that was a really good one. Um, because I think there is some sort of, if we wanted to go one way or the other, right. If SIU wants to go in a certain way, um, I think this could, this could be a potential wedge, right? Because bomb con- continuously says, man, if I only had the ability to save everyone, if I only had the ability to save everyone, and Kuhn kind of gives him a, I guess, a slice of humble pie once in a while, and he's like, yo, take it easy. <laughs> you know, like, we, we are human at the end of the day, um, where a lot of these folks in FUG are pumping bomb up to be like, no, like, you can achieve that, right? Mm-hmm. And I think this has to do, you know, with with bombs, you know, need to, to try and save everyone. It's like, okay, well, how much do I dabble with Fug if they have the ability to maybe make me that God that I want to be so bad, or as maybe Kuhn isn't able to do that. Now, I don't think they go down that route, but I could see it as potentially driving a wedge at some point down the road where, you know, Hodgin, Sung, and Gang is like, no, like you, you literally have the ability to do it and we're encouraging it. Um, you know, if, you know, bomb takes that seriously or not. Um, if he's like, okay. And how far, like how far is it before your, your encouragement turns to just blatant lies, right. Where it's like, you're pushing him too far where it's like, no guys, you know, he can't do everything. Like let's relax. You're pumping up his ego a little too much. But on the flip side, like if you're grounding him a little too much, right. Does it like stymied his, his actual potential? Mm -hmm. I don't know. I think it's an interesting question. I don't think it'll be a a crazy thing, but it is interesting to see the contrast between the two. looks like you have thoughts, Gavin. I do. Cause I'm actually kind of the opposite. I do think it's going to be a big problem for Bam because the way, the way I see him as a character is he's, he's almost very fragile emotionally. And you know, especially when Rachel's in the mix and I feel like it's going to come to the point where we've seen it a little bit where he's attaining power and he reaches a problem where his friends are in this hard spot, and ultimately it's up to him to overcome that and fix these solutions. And with that, not that I'm saying he's getting a big head or anything, but he is actually physically feeling himself growing stronger and feeling that power and using that power. So with that, I'm almost like, I can't help but think of like Death Note with like light, where it's like he starts off, you know, culminating this and it starts small. And as it gets bigger and bigger and bigger, it's like he feels like he's putting the world, he's putting the pressure of the world on his own back where he's like, nobody else has this power but me. So I need to protect everybody. And it almost comes to a case where it literally just starts mentally affecting him in a negative way where... Now you have an entourage of people calling you a god and, you know, you're already trying – you have your own goals on the sideline that you're trying to fulfill and it's like you're almost – 
being fed these lines where it's like, we're following you. You have all this power. We know you have this power. And he's like, yeah, I kind of do. I beat this person who was unbeatable for a thousand years. I beat another person who was like almost indestructible. You know, it's like, maybe I am a God and maybe I do need to really, you know, become this person who makes all these changes. And I feel like that's what, that's going to be what fragments him in the future and kind of how I predict, I guess, the the route that SIU like turns down. Because I feel like Bam can't be this person who's always perfectly in the middle of like a normal person and a god. I feel like there needs to be an inner conflict in his mind that occurs that allows a route to be changed emotionally. And uh, it makes for a good story when you have a character that's like that. So I almost feel it's natural for it to go down this route. And again, getting more power as you move on in the future is like an entrance in like almost that godlike mentality until you have, you know, maybe him split away from Kuhn because Bam gets too big for his britches, splits from Kuhn, is doing his solo thing, and is getting so lost, he he loses his personal self and his own identity until there becomes a time where Kuhn's team grinds, reunites him, and then is grounded again. Like, I almost see the story going in that route. Um, and, I mean, it's kind of been inferred by some people. Like Kuhn's saying, if he gets this control that we, or if, he, if Bam gets his power that we can't control, or I can't control, I, like, I, he's going to be a loose cannon, and he's going to do his own thing, and he can climb the tower much faster and is supposed to than everyone else. So I almost feel like it's inevitable for Bam to split away from them and do his own thing. And then it's going to really be up to Coon and gang to like kind of reach back up from the heavens, grab him and pull him down and smack him back in the reality and be like, Bam, like this isn't you. You lost yourself. This is who you are. You need to remember it. And like through that whole self growth and pro progression is where we get the true Bam at the end of the story. Mm. But I guess that's where I predict and see it in my canon. But I don't know. I could be completely wrong. But yeah, I guess that's interesting my thoughts. thoughts. Yeah, for sure. I say, you got anything? So I think it's what's interesting about the um, the contrast here is that like it makes sense because like one side is not inherently wrong. Um, I mean, like you know, it's not. So Bam, like, part of Bam's struggle with this whole, like, am I a god? And if I'm a god, like, does that mean I should be thinking godlike and I, that I, sh I should be very um, subjective and I shouldn't let, like, emotions or people I like or, or whatever uh, tie into my answers about helping people? Um, then we have a situation where it's, like, again, with the um, with the, the name hunt thing uh, and, like, if he were to just give Dorsey his name or, or if he were to let her you know, fight Kaiser and take her name or whatever. Like that was sort of the side, right? Where it's like, oh, if somebody comes to me for help, like as this godlike being, like I have a duty to help them, regardless mm -hmm. of what their disposition is, regardless of what their, you know, what the circumstances, and regardless of how I feel about them or it. Where it's like that's where the conversation first sort of comes into the limelight, and Kuhn is like, well, no, you are not a god. Like you have these powers, but you are not. Like the thing that makes you human or the thing that makes you you is that you're human and sure. being human means having those emotions. It means thinking about and taking those things into play when it comes to making decisions. Like you could just go and give Endorsey your name or, or let her get Kaiser's name or whatever, but you can't because you need Kaiser's name. You have your own set of objectives here and there's a, a reason why you need to do this thing. And so you can't, you know, I, the way he words it is thoughtlessly or recklessly um, help, give your help to anybody who will ask. Um, and so I think what's interesting about the contrast is it's it like sort of you're saying it's not something that's just going to go away and i do think it's going to be because even at the end of the set of chapters we read here um again bam brings it up to coon and he's like oh um i, I forget what the actual the exact lines are but he says something along the lines of like oh is this what it means to be human or is this what it feels like this is like and coon's like yeah and bam has this one line where he's like 
man, but like, wouldn't it be great though if we actually like were gods, if we had the ability? Because I think what I think the the plus side, you know, the upside that Bam sees in in the godlike you know mindset is the fact that he could change things. He could literally change the way the tower works. He could completely uproot the structure that it has and, you know, change it for the better. And he could help all the kinds of people that he's seen over the years coming to him and being like, you've got, like, this is what Jihad did to us. Or this is what the tower did to it. Like, you know, uh, whoever has, like, destroyed our lives. Like, as a god figure, he could he could make that better. He could, he could change that. But in doing that, does he lose all of or enough of the humanity in him that makes him bomb? And at that point, you know what I mean? So I, I do think it's an interesting contrast because clearly the members of FUG, you know, uh, Jin Sung and, and, and the like, um, don't don't care or don't seem to care about that. You know, their, their objective is very much like, no, 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 don't worry. You are the god and you will kill Jihad. And, and like, that's what's going to happen. Bakun's like, no, man, you got to take a step back and, and remember that you're a person because if you lose your humanity chasing, you know, this god status or, or, or FUG or Jihad, um, who's to say you don't become another Jihad? Um, so I definitely think it's it's an interesting duality there. Sure. You want to uh, read the next question? Sure. So the next question comes from the Dark North Emperor. It is the revelation that Kuhn, Maria, and Macheni are in cahoots with the princesses from the Lopobia family. How deep do you think their scheme goes? They were even planning to take out Endorsi and by effect a knock. And if they know Endorsi's known associates, they're bound to know that Kuhn, Aguero, Agnes, Kuhn, and Kuhn Ran are her acquaintances as well. Does this support the idea that Maria used, that Maria completely used our boy Kuhn AA, or is something larger at play? Where are their, where their goals were aligned? You got any thoughts? Um, so it, I, first off, definitely hit me as a shocker to see, because I, I, that's one of the key things that I remembered, because it was Kuhn's motivation for why he was there, why he decided to climb the tower, right? He helped Maria uh, to get to the throne, and in exchange was betrayed and then subsequently cast out of the Kuhn family. Um, so he, at least to me, he dropped that line and I was like, well, that's gotta, that's gotta come into play back at some point. And that was all the way back in season one. Mm -hmm. So, but you know, I didn't know when this was going to come into play, how it, like how much of a big deal it was going to be. And like, when you hear it come out of the mouths of the Lopo Bia sisters who are for all intents and purposes, despicable people, um, you're like, oh fuck. So not only is she now like a bigger player in this game in terms of the princesses and where her status is, but she doesn't seem to be on the right side, or at least the same side that Kuhn is on. Which is interesting because again, if we are to, you know, from the way Kuhn tells the story or the way the story is set, um, Kuhn is the reason that Maria is there, right? And and now that's different from Macheni, who's a you know, a different person. But I do think that I do think, obviously, I do I definitely think Kuhn was used. I don't know, like, to what extent. I don't know if this was, like, solely a Maria thing. I don't know if this was... I, Because I could even see a, uh, you know, a, a train of logic, I guess, of, like, Maria and Kuhn worked together to get Maria to the throne, and maybe Maria's intentions upon getting on the throne were, like, pure and just, but, like, X amount of time on the throne has, like, since corrupted her and sort of, like, you know drastically altered her viewpoints um or she just you know w was messing with him from the start and just using him to get to the throne I, I i could see both sides what's interesting to me is the fact that again like the question states with the with maria and and kun macheni knowing and dorsey and her associates like by uh juxtaposition it like it tells us that maria macheni and the lopo by sisters although we know they don't have a problem with it no, at some point, they're probably going to have to go against Kuhn Ran and Kuhn Aguero Agnes. So it, that's what, like, puts my mind more into, like, oh, they must have been, they must have been used, you know? Because it's like, 
well, if you knew that, like, you were going against this this guy, this guy who you literally have every, to, you know, everything to be thankful for for getting you in this position in the first place, it must mean that, like, you were using him from the start, right? But then I'm like, well, again, there is something to be said for, like, maybe, again, her purpose for getting up there or, or, you know, wanting to be there was just, but she was sort of corrupted upon being there, and now she's in a state, a different state of mind. She's a different person, basically, where she's like, no, I don't care who I have to, to fight to keep my place here, even if it's the person who got me here. Gavin, you have any thoughts? Honestly, I echo pretty much everything Isaiah said. All those, all those uh, conflicts are honestly what was rattling through my brain as he was doing it. I guess one other point I want to add that's not really a factual one, but I mean it's similar to things that he said. But um, as we've noticed, pretty much all the families that we've come across, they're all messed up in their own right. Like we have yet to meet one legitimate family who is cool and chill, and none of them are going to be like that. Let's be realistic. And they all have this problem of being power hungry and scheming to get said power, and they don't care to stomp over each other to thus get that power. So I true, wouldn't true. I wouldn't be surprised if it's been the long con all this time and putting Kuhn under and now trying to get like and you know I feel like it almost doesn't matter in a sense because it's almost just how this tower is built with its families in in some way shape or form pure or not it's just how you're going to end up when you stay in that like structure and until you break away like Kuhn has done and Rand has done and other people like that's the only time you're going to get a taste of the real life and you know how the real world works and that how that's not you're supposed to live your or how you are not supposed to live your life and everything like that. So it just sucks how this is what the family structure is built like. And just based off of context clues of other families, I feel like it's just the case that he's getting, he got long con from the game and um, yeah, it's really just, it's a shame. And I feel like the scheme goes all the way back. I mean, if not, it doesn't really matter because it's still, we're still at this point now where she's hunting them down. So it's like, there's still a disconnect. So yeah. Same. What I think is interesting is, or the most interesting is the fact that like we still don't have enough of the cards, at least in my mind, to be like, I mean, obviously to actually know, but to make an accurate enough assumption because we still don't even really know what the story was with Kuna Maria, exactly. how the whole thing yeah. happened. A lot of that story is subject to rumors and speculation uh, through the family and the tower of what happened. We don't really know what their positions were. We don't know what the standoff was. We don't know what the points of contention were. Um, so I think until we even hear the, the Coons version, and then again, Coons version is just that, one side of the story, not we don't have Maria's perspective, but I think those perspectives are, are what's going to like really sort of yeah. you know, ultimately enlighten us because we don't really even know. Like I almost feel like I don't even know how to judge Maria because I don't know enough about the character, and especially, I mean, Macheni, I think at least I've sculpted a little bit more of a clearer picture because even from the little bit of interaction we get between her and Yuri at the beginning of season two, she seems to be a little bit more like, traditional princess of jihad i don't take no shit if you're not up here rolling off with, with the big numbers here like mm -hmm. you're dirt um but i think i i think hope there's a little bit more complexity i guess to maria uh than that like maybe there's a little mm -hmm. bit more whatever but I, I i guess i'm right now i'm still very sus on her. I'm, I'm interested to like yeah. get the actual definition of how that what happened in that story and how it actually played yeah. out i'm going for me my basis is on everybody saying it's the tower of deceit and you can't just if I feel like you had to mess with, obviously you mess with people to get to that point, but if you mess with my boy Coon, it is really the Tower of Deceit and I will beat you. So <laughs> that is literally all my basis that it shows off of. It's just people saying how much of a deceitful tower this is. And I'm like, if you mess with my boy Coon from day one, like you can't get any more deceitful than that other than Rachel. <laughs> Begrudgingly. Uh, well, actually the next question, Gavin, uh, if you want to read it, 
Uh, you're more than welcome. So we got question number four by Pipe Dream. Yuri mentioned that uh, Quadero, a high ranker, I just butchered that name, I'm sorry, uh, the owner of Kranos, traveled with the 10 family leaders. What would you take from this comment? Uh, did you know there could be high rankers powerful enough to travel with the family leaders until now? And how does this change your perspective on high rankers in general, especially after the fight between Yuri and Karaka? Happy birthday, Kuhn. Oh, pipe dream, of course. So let me try to break that down. I'm going to reread it a second time, unless anybody has anything that jumps out off the bat. Go for it. Um, so the owner of Kranos traveled with the 10 family leaders. So is this, I think this is the first time we've ever heard of somebody traveling with the original 10. It's the first leaders. time we've heard of a high ranker. Or, or yeah. a high ranker. Yeah, that, that's what I'm getting at. So obviously, I guess. <sighs> Was there anyone else besides the 10 great families, heads and jihad, though? Well, was that there was, but we didn't know that up until now. Yeah, yeah. We, so this is the yeah, first Yeah, that's guy, what I was getting right? at. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's yeah, the okay. surprise that's, is that there were other people that wa it wasn't just the 10 family or mm -hmm. the heads in Jihad. Mm -hmm. I mean, did, did you think there could be high yeah. powerful enough to travel? I mean, I didn't think there was because I didn't find out until just now, to be honest with you. Um, until <laughs> now, how does this change your perspective on high rankers in general, especially after the fight between Yuri and Karaka? Um, surface level, they are scary um, because I hate to tell you, just just in general, you know that the, the heads, because we're talking about the heads of the 10 great families, we know how OP they are. So I feel like even back then, they kind of had to know that they were hot crap, you know, and for them to kind of be in their group and, you know, going into the tower or whatever, to even allow this person next to him in traveling, like, I feel like they wouldn't allow just anybody to be of acquaintance with them. Like, you have to be some crazy, like, obscure insane powerhouse to even be like within the same like arm distance with them because just basing off of their personalities that they tend to have they really are selfish and all they care about is power and i feel like they're just not going to run out run around with some peasants you know who aren't strong and like they're gonna be like nah get out of my presence you know so like you need to have someone who's crazy powerful and i feel like it's demonstrated just by the weapon that yuri had now has obtained because that is a crazy, whatever you want to call it, a thorn, I guess actually it was called. Um, and it was very, very, very powerful. So obviously we knew way back in the day, this man was packing heat and uh, he kind of had to, to travel with the 10 great families. And I guess what I'm, I, what I'm curious with is if he isn't the only one and if there was more high rankers and a, if how many there were obviously, and what had happened to them in the future, you know, because obviously they didn't become heads of the great of the 10 great families. So, sure, you know, yeah. what at what basis were they allowed to travel with them? Were they kind of just like nixed off afterwards Was the 10 great families like, yeah, we don't want to give these like these people too much power or notoriety. So we're kind of going to stifle them off on an island in East Jabib or wherever, you know, and it, like what what decision making process was that? And who ultimately made that decision? Was that King Jihad? You know, because right. I'm guessing at that time he wasn't technically king. If he was in the town, you know, like, like how, what was that whole political conflict going on between them? Um, yeah. yeah. So I guess that's what I, my addition on it. Mm. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, my question really is um, the 10 great families or the family heads. Was this a thing that Jihad and folks established before coming into the tower? Or was it once they completed the tower and ascended to the top that they instilled themselves and named themselves the heads of the 10 great families? Right. Like, I wonder I guess I'm more curious to know the lore before the tower or at least before these folks came to the tower. Right. And now I wonder that we have, um, the mention of, uh, quad, uh, quadrat, quadrado, yeah, quadrado, yeah, quadrado yeah. um, that 
I would like to assume that he wasn't the only one beyond the Ten Grey families in Jihad. I'm starting to think now, and again, could be totally wrong, um, that they kind of came with like an entourage, that it was like there, it wasn't like, mm -hmm. they always refer to the Ten Great Family Heads because it was like they were the guys that were like, like, you know, you refer to uh, most bands, you refer to the singer. Most armies, you refer to the general. Most, You know what I mean? Like, these, these were the people that were, like, at the upper levels of whatever class system they came beforehand and, and had the most power. Um, so, like, a lot of these guys kind of are more of, like, in the history books but aren't spoken about frequently. Not to mention that the Ten Great Family Heads are still alive. <laughs> whereas, at least as far as we know, like, they're because they've never this done. One. At yeah. least, yeah. Um, whereas this guy, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. and I'm assuming many others maybe died coming up the tower with them. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if everyone lived besides, like, the, Did they the OGs. insinuate his death or give anything? Because I feel like I feel like something was mentioned about his death in particular, and that's why I didn't really want to say anything because I kind of felt stupid if I forgot. But I feel like there he was lost something. He lost so they, the weapon to someone. Yeah, I can't they don't specifically. State, oh, in a fight with Yurek. Yeah, that he that, oh. that he's alive or dead. Just that his weapon when he got in a fight with Yurek. That's, that's what how it was. Yes. He found it after he lost yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So very powerful. But mm. again, it's like if you if you have this hierarchy here and you have jihad, you have the ten great families, etc. Like these guys are. Probably up there, you know, and I'm, if they came with them initially, it's just that they weren't in the top 10. You know what I mean? They might have made top 16, but unfortunately, that's not good enough to give you the title. Uh, so I think these guys, you know, and it's funny because it's like I almost I don't it's like almost weird to me to refer to them as like a high ranker because, you know, they obviously weren't referred to as a high ranker before they completed the tower because completing the towers, which makes you a ranker, right? That's what they established in the beginning. Like when they came into the tower through the front door, mm -hmm. it's not like, oh, Jihad's like, I'm going to bring my 10 great families and some high rankers, right? It was like, no, I'm going to bring my squad. Like these are the people. So I wonder, again, I'm just curious to know all this. Like, did these people show outstanding feats within battle? You know what I mean? And and ascended and obtained the name of like a 10 great families, right? Like some of these people had, or were these people already established of figures of power before coming into the tower and commanded whatever? I don't know. I know I didn't really answer the question there. I apologize because <laughs> it kind of opened a can of worms of other questions for me personally. Um, but getting back to the question, um, <laughs> what would you take from the comment? Uh, did you think, well, yeah, the weapon as well, I, I was going to say was really awesome. The fact that he inscribed his, his journey on it. And I think it was cool how it paralleled some of the, um, the shots that we got in the beginning of the manhwa and the anime with like the, the mountain and the star and all that kind of thing. It was, it was really cool. I thought there was a very interesting weapon as well. Um, and he kind of, I guess was like their cameraman, their, their, their journalist, their documenter as they went up the, went up the tower. So I think that was really cool. Um, and yeah, I think I kind of answered in terms of my question of powerful, like I don't really consider it's like, Oh, it's a high ranker. Like he could have been really close. He just didn't, I don't know why these names were given. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know if they were already pre-established, so it's hard for me to answer that. Um, but, yeah. Anyway, I think that was most of the questions. Um, mm -hmm. So I, I definitely think it does change my perspective on what a high ranker is, what a ranker is, um, and what... Because up until now, we haven't... You know, Yuri and Karaka's fight, above just being stupidly badass, is like such a great fight be because of that, right? It's the first time that we get to see two people of the ranker status, like, really, like, cut loose, right? Like, really take the gloves off and, like, go. No, So, because, like, I brought up the workshop that during our stream, I brought up the workshop battle, uh, the, you know, like, the fight that was about to happen between Lara Rowe and, like, you know, said generic ranker that they inserted. Um, 
where like they were, you know, it looked like they're about to square off in more or less very much the same way that Yuri and Karaka end up do, mm. but they get like sort of stilted. And whether that was because of the floor they were on and like they had certain limitations, uh, whether it was because of the allegiances that they had and the, the things they were trying to get accomplished, whatever. But this is the first time that it's like, oh no, one like, you know, one to another, like let's let's fight for real. And so I think it does definitely change my perspective on it because but up until now, I've always been like, okay, like rankers are stronger than regulars and high rankers are stronger than rankers. But like, what is that? What does that mean? You know what I mean? Like when we're talking about the power scaling, cause then like you said, you have the 10 great family uh, members and then you have the heads of those families and you have Jihad or Jihad's family and Jihad. Um, so it's like, because there's so many pieces to that scale in my mind, I was like, okay, but like, what is, who is actually as strong as what? And how do, how do we like, how do we judge this? How do we measure this? So this fight was great. Cause it's like, okay, if you're telling me that this kind of strength, which in no way, shape, or form can be called anything other than stupidly stupid. Um, like, that's what high rankers are capable of. Like, that's the kind of potential that they pack. Any other character that we meet in the story that is a high ranker or above, you know, that's where the bar is set, right? Because, and, and like, Yuri, um, and they say Yuri and Karaka are like sort of um, exceptions in the high ranker class because they're kind of like prodigies or geniuses of their particular uh, sex or abilities. Um, but it, it, it definitely, it's like, oh, before I was like, okay, rankers are, like, rankers are, or, or high rankers are stronger than regulars in the sense that, like, you know, to use a Naruto reference, like, then are as strong as, like, Akashi is to, to kid Naruto, right? Where it's like, oh, okay, he's the teacher, so he's just got that natural level of experience. But it's like, it's literally a different, like, they're not even, mm-hmm. my perspective is, is, is open now because it's like, okay, I get it now. They're literally doing their, because that was the, joke that chat made with us where they like they would always like remind us that like no ranker high rankers are like in a literal different world and it was like okay but like what does that mean and it's like they, i know what they mean now it's like they literally are in a different level when it comes to trying to compare there's they are bomb wishes you know like and i'm, I'm specifically i'm sure bomb will get to that status but you know what i mean some of these regulars could only dream of, of obtaining or, or having that kind of power um but again perspective has definitely shifted and i think that that fight definitely helped because it's the first time you get to see these people unlock their their sleeves yeah and really cool abilities of that yeah fantastic but anyway um moving on to the next question uh which is question number six and gavin as soon as you do that if you wouldn't mind scrolling for me there so I can read it. Thank you very much. Then thank you. Um, so question number six reads by Weiss Chen. Thank you very much for the question. Weiss Chen, much love. Says, the obvious. What is the connection between Karaka and Wang Nan? Brothers? Question mark. Sure. But what else? Who is the father? Jihad? Do they have a father at all? What is their deal? Um, it's a very good question. Wait, thank you read five or six? I read six. Oh, did we not? I'm supposed to do five. All right, we're going to talk about (laughs) five. No, that's fine. (laughs) Gavin's already here. I apologize. Number five. Weiss Chen, we'll get to you in a minute. That was a spoiler alert. Okay, number five (laughs) comes by Ryu. My bad. Ryu, thank you for the question. In the Name Hunt Station arc, um, we're shown Kuhn's unwavering loyalty to Bomb, his insistent need to protect him from people who try to use him, and his support in helping Bomb find his own identity despite all outside forces demanding that he be wholly selfless and godlike. Seems like a really big coon stand here by the uh, (laughs) phrasing of that question. Almost seemed a little leading. (laughs) Um, What do you think about the way Coon and Bomb's friendship and teamwork are portrayed in this arc? Do you think it's being developed well from the beginning of the season? One all the way up to this point. Oh, season one all the way up to this point. 
Why? Where do you think it will be headed in the future? Um, so, <laughs> so in the, in the, I guess this is more not so much as answering a question, but as you know, offering, I guess, opinions on how we think this was done. Cause I, it seems like the question was kind of answered for itself within the first half. Um, that, you know, Kuhn has done X things that I have labeled here that Ryu was labeled. Um, so I guess, do you think that, you know, do we think that it's been done well? Um, and I guess, where do we think it's going to go in the future are really the big questions, uh, that are, that are leading here. So Isaiah actually provided a lot of points on the question, uh, before when we talked about Jin Sung Ha and Fug relating to him as God and Kuhn grounding him and stuff like that. So I would defer to that. Um, to answer the first half of the question in terms of his unwavering loyalty and him telling him to be himself, etc. Uh, yeah, I think they've done it pretty good. To answer the question, especially the second two parts here, do you think it's been developed well from the beginning of the season one all the way up to this point? I do, yeah. I um, I, I know, you know, sometimes, uh, I know these two uh, really, really like Kuhn, so sometimes it overshadows how much I actually do like Kuhn as well as a character because I'm not quite as vocal about it. I might not be as big of a stand as these guys, but I do like Kuhn a lot as a character. Uh, he's incredibly intelligent, and, and, and one thing I do like about him beyond all that stuff, which is awesome to see, is his relationship with Bam in the sense that he is a fantastic friend for him. And I love how Bomb, uh, and even Rack too, but specifically Bomb and him, kind of um, are catalysts for each other to grow in areas that they lack, um, you know, which we see from the get-go in season one. Kuhn initially just kind of went to him out of curiosity, really being peaked. And, you know, I bet if you ask Kuhn that, he'd be like, best decision I ever made, right? You know, because he's able to kind of step out of himself now. He's able to realize um, things that he might be doing wrong or right, etc. Maybe get offered a new perspective on things. And I would say his motivations, you know, have drastically changed from the from the point where we see him at first to where he is now, right? It's like Bomb is a centerpiece in every decision that he makes, but but it's not in a sense that he's just like a follower or yes man or anything like that. As I say, I said before, he does a fantastic job at grounding Bomb and helping him in uh, places that he lacks. And I think that makes for a fantastic friendship in the sense that you could have a friend through things you relate to, right? But I think what, what develops relationships and, you know, those everlasting bonds are what you struggle with together, right? Or, or how you guys struggle and how you are able to grow in spite of that and do that together. And sometimes that takes a, you know, that takes a friend and a very close one to be able to help you get through those times. So I think they've done a fantastic job of that. And that is one of the, the reasons why I like Kuhn quite a bit as a character um, is because he's, you know, he's been able to look outside of himself and take, you know, an introspective position and grow. He still has his faults, as do all characters, so does Bomb. But that's something I really appreciate about him, and especially how it plays off of Bomb's character as well. And uh, where do I think it's headed in the future? I think it's, 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 uh, things are looking good. I think that, you know, uh, Gavin had mentioned before where there definitely might be um, some potential wedges that are formed in, you know, the whole God argument. You know, that Kuhn is like, hey, you need to be a little grounded. And that, you know, for Gavin's reasons he described before, good points. Um, that could drive a wedge into things. Rachel, obviously, is a big factor as well. That's like Bomb trying to get over his ex. And, you know, <laughs> Kuhn, his boy, is like, bro, got to let it go. And he's like, but I can't. You know, like, that might drive a wedge as well. Um, but I would like to believe uh, that their friendship is is strong enough to be able to withstand those battles, um, withstand those storms and that they, you know, will emerge victorious, um, as a, as a team, 
um, from whatever comes down their path. And not only with just them, but all the people that are involved as well, um, the entire gang, right? I could list them all off, but, but you get my point. So those are my thoughts on it. I don't know if you guys had any thoughts as well. Uh, I definitely, I agree uh, in the sense that I definitely think that the relationship has been done very well up until now. Mm. Um, I think like you were sort of like you're saying in season one, um, you know, watching the way that Bam and Kuhn first like align or come together is sort of out of like, fuck, it's him or nobody or like necessity. It's like this guy, you know, I think he's got a lot of potential uh, or what have you. But like the actual relationship that these two have formed over the years um, is probably one of the most rock solid in the whole series. And it's interesting that we started off this conversation or this discussion with the whole thing of like, not a lot of people really putting faith in or trusting Bomb because Kuhn is one of the people who does, right? He's one of the people who has always unwillingly given, uh, you know, Bomb his, you know, like his opinion or his definition of things, like very blunt, very straightforward, not sugarcoating this for you. Like, this is what's happening. This is where we're at. This is what I think we need to do. Um, and I think it's because that, uh, it's because of that, that like their relationship has clicked more because, you know, I think again, ironically, all these people who maybe don't know Bomb as well or don't have like the, the full uh, scope of his capabilities, you know, tend to doubt him or they're like, Bomb, I understand that like, you've been training, but there's some real fucked up shit like, you know, further up in the tower where it's like, ironically though, in order to get closest to Bomb, like all you really need is like to trust him and, and like trust him, but also help him grow. I think as we mentioned, uh, one of the things that I think makes a relationship so great is that they they make each other better it's not just like well, well thank god coon is here you know for bam's sake or thank god you know bam is here for coon's sake it's like no it's a back and forth where they each feed off of each other and make each other better people um you know and, and i think that's it, it's it's definitely been done really well and i think it's been it was you know where it was hinted at in season one now we're like really starting to see the fruits of that friendship or, or of that relationship so to speak um and I do also agree that I think right now it's in a really good solid place. There are external things, i.e. Rachel um, and et cetera, that could drive a wedge or, or complicate said relationship. But I mean, like that's sort of the, the deal here, right? It's like in X amount of time that it will take Bam and Coon to reach, you know, Rachel or, or some obstacle. Will there, you know, in that time, right, will their relationship have been built up enough and will it have, you know, solidified enough to be able to overcome said obstacle or will it be something that presents a problem? Mm -hmm. um, you know, I don't really know. Like I said, I, I think right now we're in a pretty good spot and I I hope <laughs> it stays that way. Um, yeah, that's sort of my thoughts. Yeah, no, I mean, I kind of went in on this, the question one or two, you know, um, obviously echoing everything that they said, great dynamic. Match made in heaven. You love to see it. Everybody loves to see it. And, like, just thinking of it purely from an author standpoint, it's like right now we're at the pinnacle of their friendship. They, like, they know what each other's thinking almost. They're willing to go with the flow. They bounce off each other very well. And it's just like, for me, it's prime time where soon it's just going to hit turbulence. Like, it's it's not going to be a clean ride through this tower. Nothing is a clean ride. So it's really just a matter of time. And, you know, I'm not using necessarily context. I mean, it, for the context clues that I have, I guess, is that we know how Kuhn gets when things don't go his way, especially with Bam. You know, Kuhn is very level-headed. I love that man to death, but he can go into a dark place really fast. And when he does, I feel like he is willing to make some decisions more selfishly. And, you know, it's more, and that's not a bad thing because at the end of the day, he wants it for the betterment of Bam. However, you know, it's the whole Rachel dynamic where it's like, you, you kind of, I get worried with him, especially when it comes to some of these decisions because he wants to do what he feels is right. And, you know, it's given 
whatever context Bam is put into. And, it, you know, he becomes the person where he feels like he needs to carry the burden in really maneuvering Bam where he wants to go. And if Bam doesn't want to go in that direction, they're going to clash, and that's going to cause problems. And the more powerful that Bam gets, the more he is going to be able to oversee Kuhn's decisions because physically he can. He can do what he wants because he feels like he has the power to, and that's going to rub Kuhn the wrong way. And, you know, the relationship is strong, but, again, I I do have this. I, I love Kuhn to death, but I have this weird feeling that it's like, if things don't go his way, it's just not gonna. It's not gonna end pretty, and I hope that's not the case. I really don't, but I feel like it's just everything has been going way too smooth, way too perfect. It's only a matter of time before things, something gets thrown under the boat. And again, what I said before is really my prediction: is just it's gonna be a breaking off. Something happens that brings them. Ultimately, in the future, they're gonna come back together, and things are gonna be melded. Or things are gonna be good, but I just don't see things running smoothly for a lot longer or at least for the duration of this whole series. Um, yes. <laughs> he goes, um, yes. <laughs> yeah, Agreed. Cool. <laughs> it's like hard saying these things because like, obviously I love Kuhn. He's literally my favorite character, but it's like, we've seen him have these moments where it's like, come on Kuhn. You know, it's like, you just get scared. You're like, no, 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 no. You're like, just stay with Bam. Like, just, just listen to him. Just do it. Like, just do it. But then like Kuhn thinks that it's right. And you know, it's whether you think it's selfish or not or whatever, it's like he has his own opinion and Bam has his own opinion. They're not going to be on the same page all the time. That's just not a realistic viewpoint. So it really just depends on, you know, how they overpass those obstacles. And again, it's just going to get harder when Bam gets more power. And that's just the reality. of it. I love those moments with Kuhn actually. And not in that sense where it's like, I want him to fail. I want him to succeed. But I like the, I like those moments where he kind of has to um, either eat some humble pie or he's having like a, a dilemma within mm-hmm. his head and stuff because I think um, Kuhn's character can be perceived sometimes as almost like godlike in how yes. ridiculously intelligent he is in these certain and scenarios beautiful. and he's part of the 10 great families and, yes. and all that jazz. And um, so it's like sometimes I feel like um, not in a bad way, I think in a good way, it, it's good when he gets knocked down a peg once in a while oh, because 100%. then when he builds back up, it makes him that much cooler yes. once again. Because it's like, okay, you were able to do all these things at this upper level, but when you get knocked back down and then you're able to get back up there, it makes it that much cooler in my yeah. opinion. So I, I like that. I like that aspect about I like when Kuhn hits those, you know, mm-hmm. potholes and is able to emerge victorious. That's when I like Kuhn the most. Yeah. And it's what brings them development. Like for me saying yeah. what I have, it's not for the negative side. It's for the fact that they are going to grow from it and mm-hmm. they need to because nobody's perfect. And even though Kuhn seems like it, he has flaws and SIU, I feel like is, has to address them in some way. And this is the best way to address them. Mm-hmm. I mean, not the best way, but like as an author standpoint, sure. it is the best way. And it'll throw your viewers in for a loop that they're not going to like and be hated and want to keep on watching because sure. they want to kill the, like, you know, it's just, we all know that cycle. So yeah. yes, yeah, so let's go on to the next one. Yes. Right. So the next question is from Weiss Chen. Uh, he didn't read it before, but it's basically, what is the connection between Karaka and Wang Nan? Are they brothers? But what else? Who is the father? Jihad? Do they have a father at all? What is their deal? Um, I'm about, this is my favorite question because there yeah, was really a lot of bombshells and like information hey! and bombshells, sorry, <laughs> um, and crazy like shit that we learned or was revealed or whatever during these set of chapters. But this was like when when <laughs> this was like one of my favorites, and I like because I immediately when I saw it started running all these different theories in my head, and I still have a few to be honest. But so I think. Some of the main th- things that I took away from this, or at least I have now after thinking about it very briefly, is that A, the brother that Karaka is referring to is not Wang Nan, 
because the ring that Wang Nan got was from Karaka's original brother. Mm. Um, and that, you know, and, and Wang Nan has it. And so, you know, it's, it's a thing of like Karaka thinks that his brother is alive now. And maybe that's because Karaka was the one who killed him. So Kur- there's like that personal sort of uh, tension there where he's like, oh, fuck, now I've got to go settle this because that dude's walking around and I can't let him I can't let him live. I can't be, let him be alive, which we know spells trouble for Wang Nan because, my God, if Karaka can go toe to toe with Yuri, uh, Wang Nan's kind of fucked right now, <laughs> at least if he meets Karaka you know, tomorrow. Um, but my second theory running along the Wang Nan was the rightful owner of that original ring is that Karaka is not the rightful owner of his ring. But and so him saying my brother is not his literal brother, but brother means my competition, my rival, my other heir to the the other person who could challenge me. Because I believe that, like at least in my head here, like you know, when we're talking about people who can challenge uh, jihad for the stand of the throne, I mean the pool is very small, right? It's irregulars. I think that's it. If I'm being honest, so like. And even um, in uh, Bomb's conversation with Karak on the bridge, he even states, he's like, oh, so what is this? You're just after the thorn? Like, that's what you want? You want, like, that so you have the power? And Karak is like, no, I don't, because I don't need that. Because, to be honest, if it's not melted down with you, I can't use it. It's virtually useless to me. Um, so I think, and, and from what we know, at least from Karaka's association with Fug, which we know Fug is very big on, like, this sort of, like, like religious level of like faith and belief in their slayers and stuff, whether they're right or wrong, um, like they will follow. And that was sort of the whole deal with, I think at least a little bit with Jin Sung and, you know, bailing out um, Elaine for bomb is that like, whether your slayer is like doing the right or wrong thing. If you are loyal to said person, you're like, they want to kill hundred people, you know? (laughs) And like, so, but my point in this is that I think that that ring, like just having that ring, is, is like a title in itself, right? And it, it, it allows people to either think or know that like Karaka has claim to the throne here. He's like, do you know, like I have this ring, this ring here, and I don't know if it's like whether that comes with like a specific set of uh, powers or like rules you know, by on its own, or if it's just like a symbol, if it's just a, me- a metaphorical thing. Um, but I do, I, th- I would think it's interesting if like Wang Nan actually like obtained the ring through legitimate means and Karaka is the one who's like, no, 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 you're not. Like, again, brother, much like the the duality here between, like, calling the Ten Great Families the Great Families when it's, like, they're the farthest thing from it, is, like, Karaka, while he may have this ring, is by no means a legitimate heir to the throne and does not have that claim, mm-hmm. but, like, tried to take it because we know that Karaka's a pretty greedy nigga. And, like, <laughs> all he wants, you mean, he wants all the power, he wants to be king, he wants everybody, you know what I mean? So I would actually think it's interesting if he's, like, my brother, there's someone out there who has this ring, and I think... Even just the thought of him knowing that, which is why he reacted the way he did, is because it's a little terrifying. Because he doesn't know who this is. This could, if this, if he obtained his ring through illegitimate means, this might be somebody who didn't. Which means this might be somebody who like stands a real, actual threat against Karaka and him obtaining the king's throne. Now again, we know this is Wang Nan, and right now at least we know Wang Nan does not pose any threat to Karaka. But that's not my point. My point is that Karaka doesn't know that. All he knows is that somebody else who has this ring, and again, if Karaka knows what that ring means, this presents a real sort of, you know, uh, obstacle for Karaka going forward. Yeah, this is something, so I I wanted to throw another theory in there. I mean, not that I believe um, it to be so, but Isaiah and I were talking about this before we uh, recorded for today. So, honestly, I mirror a lot of the things that you were saying because we were kind of having the same conversation. But another interesting thing would be, and it seems like it'd be like too obvious or too silly for it to be possible, but how crazy would it be if Wang Nan was like literally his brother? Like it was like some wild yeah. shit where it's like, no, like we're literal siblings. That could be crazy And too. it's like, because Wang Nan, we know, again, I don't really believe this 
I don't know. It seems a little far-fetched, the theory, but just throwing out there for some fun. Like, Wang Nan, we don't really know too much about the, his past. We know that yeah. he has potentially some sort of latent ability. He has the ring, right? Like, okay, if he got it through illegitimate means, like, you know, did he, did he, if he's not his brother, exactly, like, did he kill him? Um, if so, you know, if it was him, like, how powerful are you to kill Karaka's brother? And, like, clearly that ring is, like, you don't just flaunt that ish if you're just some nobody. You know what I mean? Like, walking down the yeah, street. Yeah, yeah. So I wonder, or is it, like, literally his brother? You know, because Karaka has a mask on right now. He's never yeah. taken it off yet. That's true. So we don't know what he looks like under there. He could look like him. I don't know. That's I think the, the amount of questions, this one opens a huge can of yeah, worms, but it, it's awesome to think about. And it, it would be definitely. crazy to think that, like, Wang Nan literally you know, potentially got like his memory wiped somehow and he doesn't even realize yeah. how strong he is or he is and he's like undercover that I don't, that would be nuts. Like, yeah. I don't know. We it's have, a fun we one. have like the, so we have evidence of the, the ring and its importance to Wang Nan, mm. right? He like, this thing is like a prized possession for him. Um, I am curious for me actually to go back into the early season two panels and find out what his explanation is to Viola for how, why he has that ring. Yeah. That, they do have a scene there and I'm now curious to go back and see what that is. Cause yeah. I wonder also if it's like a Kun Maria thing where Wang Nan told Viola something that's not necessarily true. Sure. Um, but we do know one of the other instances with the ring was after Wang Nan had that near death experience and Yeon is sitting in his room and the ring is on the right side of his bed and she sort of eyes it and she's like, is that? Like what it and I don't and we don't she doesn't say anything about it right we don't know if it was a glance of like oh shit that's a ring of jihad what the hell is he doing with it or of like what is that that's weird um but I so th I guess that's sort of more to my point is I would wager that this ring just by itself like has reputation at the tower mm -hmm. this is a thing where it's like if you have this ring like you are somebody in jihad circle or you're somebody that yeah. is important jihad so I think that coupled with the Wang Nan's actual near-death experience, that whole thing, and the dream he has while he's sleeping, where it's like, I really do think this is a situation of, like, the reason Wang Nan holds that ring as a prized possession is because his memory, while his memories may not be intact, this is one of the only things he remembers getting from his family. Yeah. And I think that family is Jihad. Yeah. So one, like, yeah, he even runs after it, I think, at one yeah. point. There's a point where it's like, oh, my ring, or something. Like, correct me if I'm yeah, wrong. Well, that's, it's the, was he, it that? he leaves yeah. it in the locker room. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. oh, I gotta yeah. go back, and that's when Viola finds it. And yeah, 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 I gotta get yeah, my ring. It's so. very interesting. Gavin, I'm curious to hear your thoughts, because you, uh, you have some spicy predictions sometimes. Bro, so I'm got? not gonna lie. I had, like, this weird revelation that I shouldn't even call revelation, because not only was I not really paying attention to you guys, <laughs> um, and, and but no, 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 this, this is gonna come in good, good fruition, because I may look like an idiot. But I literally, no, the reason why I say that is because something popped into my head that I never actually thought of before tying with this story. And like, I was kind of just trying to tie the, like the loops in my head to see if this would even actually be feasible or make sense and trying to make it make sense. So I'm probably gonna look like an idiot, but this is what I just came up with on the spot. These two are probably right. However, what popped into my head was obviously we don't, we see princesses of Jihad and we haven't seen any princes of Jihad yet, you know, other than the referred to one as mm. we've seen. So I was wondering if maybe way back in the day, prince, princes of Jihad were just as much of a thing as princesses, okay? And with that, maybe there was becoming too much of um, a power struggle or maybe Jihad was getting too concerned because now these families were able to breed and have so much weird, obscure, and unique powers that he was fearing that, oh, I might actually be able to get overthrown one day. I need to stifle this. How do I do that? Princess of Jihad, princesses of Jihad, they're not allowed to have kids anymore, okay? And that would almost explain why they're not allowed to is obviously because we kind of came up with that, like we mentioned it before, where it's like that might be a reason why. So tying into that is maybe Jihad, King Jihad himself had a wife and kids 
per se, which would maybe allude to Wang Nam and even um, Karaka, because I, I don't know why I have a weird thing where, like, maybe Karaka was, like, the firstborn, in a sense, and then Wang Nam was, like, the secondborn, mm. okay? And with whether there was other princes, uh, other princes of Jihad or not, kind of irrelevant, but maybe the King Jihad was like, okay, I have these two sons. This can become a problem. I kind of want to get rid of them. And almost like ostracize the older son, who would be Karaka, out of the tower. And with that, was going after Wang Nam to get rid of him. And maybe at the time, Jihad's wife, if he was even that loyal, um, again, in this headcanon he is, she was like defending her kids and was like, no. So he ultimately was like, all right, I'm getting rid of you. And maybe in some weird way, Jihad's wife was able to seal away Wang Nam for X amount of time to where eventually he would be awoken or awaken again, almost like Avatar in a sense, mm. where it's like now X many years later, you know, um, Wang Nam has awoken. He doesn't really remember anything, but now he's getting these weird flashbacks of stuff that has happened or that he might think that happened with his lineage and all that his mother left him with was the ring of Jihad and that's it. You know, everything else is gone and so many years have passed and now there are no princes of Jihad, you know, whether princesses were able to or not have kids at that time, whatever. But like, that's a weird thing that kind of just went through my mind that I never thought of and I was like, that would be really cool if, like, I don't know. It could not, make no that's sense. That's not actually but. that. I mean, that's basically the they are actually related theory. Yeah. yeah. Uh, just a little bit more fleshed out. Um, so, yeah. I yeah, mean, for sure. I don't know. That, that yeah. could be a thing. And, and you know, that you've seen that in certain shows before uh, where, you know, the, the two brothers will get ostracized from the parents mm -hmm. and then they take different routes because it affects them differently being that they're at a different age. If any, if you've seen the show, I know kind of off anime, but like, if you've seen the show, uh, Dexter before, mm -hmm. have you seen it? Like the two in the first season, yeah. how they're both brothers and how Dexter's older brother takes that scenario very differently sure. than Dexter does. Right. So like mm -hmm. it could be something where Karaka being that he's older, he's like, no, Wang Nan, like, I understood what happened. You know what I mean? Like, I was old enough to remember this yeah, vividly, yeah. whereas maybe Wang Nan, you know, in this theory, maybe was separated with his mother, and maybe his mother would always tell him, like, you are the prince of Jihad. Like, you are destined to do great things. And Like, maybe that ring was something that tied it. I don't know. And whereas, like, Karaka is, like, in straight-up spite and rebellion against it and wants well, to I think that. I have I another know. weird thing real quick, and that might explain why Jihad doesn't allow the princesses, the current princesses of the Jihad, to love anybody, because maybe out of what happened with him and his current partner at that time, he had such a bad taste in his mouth that he was like, all right, since I have, like, maybe his wife betrayed him in some way with favoring the kids over his decision, but it's like, all right, since I, since all this happened to me, nobody else is allowed to feel love. Like, you're not allowed to love anybody. Kids aside, you can't feel, it's like a spite thing. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. I, can't I, could, I could definitely <laughs> see, you know, that as a possibility. I think it's interesting, you know, to be honest, whether Wang Nan and Karaka are actually related, or if, again, like, uh, the theory of like brother is a term that's not like you know again in this show yeah is not words are not used in their literal sense mm -hmm. um, so like brother could mean rival this person yeah. is another person who has a ring of jihad that's dangerous because that means that that person has the same amount of claim to the throne that I do yeah um, I, well, I like think the it, princess of jihad situation where like they're sisters but they're not all sisters exactly. by blood right. so yeah, I can yeah. see that There's too so, yeah. yeah and it's like whether like jihad whether I don't know how much you know I mean none of us know like if the the you know, the queen of the tower, his wife, whoever that, that woman was, if that woman even existed, um, was a thing. I don't know how much of a role she has to play in this because what I think, what I think is more interesting, even if we're going off the, uh, the theory here that they are actually related is that wh while Wang Nan and Karaka were split from 
you know, split from birth, right, or, or didn't grow up together, Wang Nan grew up as, as a regular. He grew up as anybody else. Somebody mm-hmm. who had to climb the tower. He had to work his way up to the 20th floor. Whereas Karaka didn't have to do that, right? He, like, I mean, he, not to say that he didn't train or he didn't, like, mm-hmm. you know, foster any of his talents or stuff, but they clearly, like, two different ideologies, like, led these two down diff- very different paths. And so what I think is interesting is that duality where it's like, I don't know if it was, like, somebody in Wang Nan's life before he left the jihad circle that has kept him that has made him the way it is, I actually think it's the way, it's the fact that Wang Nan grew up like most regulars. The fact that he grew up having to climb the tower like everybody mm-hmm. else, that he's like got such a good head on his shoulders um, because of all the people he's either made friends with or met or saved or what have you. Um, to whereas Karaka has only gotten as far as he is by doing the opposite, by killing people, by lying to them, by stepping over top of them, by like taking any opportunity he can to ascend at the expense of somebody else, which sort of, you know, somewhat creates the version of Karaka we see now. And so I think it would be, I think it's, in, what's interesting, at least to me, about that theory is that, like, you know, again, it sort of weirdly parallels the whole bomb Rachel scenario we have here, where it's like these two, you know, these two sides of the same coin, I guess, if that's what you want to call them, that are like going up the tower or trying to get to whatever's at the top of the tower, but like by parallel means and like which one works. Exactly. And that's why, like, the more I think about it, the more I'm like, wow. This could be because like it's just so crazy. Well, <laughs> no, it's just so crazy how much like experiences in life could impact you. And I'm like, I could see where if like say Karaka Jihad was his dad, let's say, and he iced his wife, a- aka Karaka's mom, that kind of would explain why he's in the scenario that he is now. And you know, Wang Nang being the younger brother in this scenario wouldn't know anything of it, and you know, being sealed away or whatever. I don't know. I'm, I'm like, oh, blah, blah, blah. or maybe, maybe uh-huh. <laughs> they're not. They're brothers, but only because they're both related to specifically Jihad. Like they have different moms. Oh, that could be so a thing. okay. Like, yeah. Kua- so Karaka mm. is like, no, I'm going after the throne because you don't deserve to be there, Jihad. You killed my mother. You took her away from me. Where Wang Nan is like, didn't have that. Like that. Yeah. That tragedy or trauma is something that impacted Karaka yes. specifically. So it's like. No, mm. like if you were to meet Wang Nan, let's say, and let's say if this theory is real, he's like, no, you don't deserve, to, like, you don't get it. You don't know what kind of person Jihad is. You don't understand, like, like the kind of evil, which is ironic coming out of Karaka's mouth. But, <laughs> you know, and so, like, it's, it's yeah, oh, my, I, I feel like I could go all day, but it's like there's so many theories of, like, what the fuck the relationship is between these two. First, I think it's like, and I'm guessing this is the first beat the story goes, is solidifying who that nigga is, you know, like, like <laughs> what, what, how legitimate these two are in terms yeah. of relation? Are they actually brothers? Is, you know, did want, I, like I said, I definitely am like dead ass. I'm going back in a season two or beginning of season two. I want to reread some of Wang Nan's early, uh, like panels and stuff. Uh, yeah. and like when he talks about the ring, cause I'm yeah. curious now. Oh man, it's getting <laughs> spicy. I'm really curious about that tank. story arc. Gavin, how about you read us the last question here? Last question by Fluffy Managuin 33. <laughs> Fluffy Managuin 33. I don't know why I yes. said that weird. A newcomer to the Discord. A newcomer. Yes. You are very, thank or you. at least a newcomer to qu- adding questions to the channel. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Either way, we love you. Okay, so your question is, what do you think uh, about how Bam used his importance to fug to save Aline? Wait, what do you think about how Bam used his importance to fug to save Aline? Uh, will Bam have to rely on Fug more as he tries to save more people in the future? So, not gonna lie, not that it threw me off. I guess I'll just go into answering it. Sure. But um, initially when they were like, "Yeah, Fug's backing us," like for this transaction, I was kind of like, 
oh, I thought we were like trying to get away from them. Now, now we're kind of backtracking. And it's like, it's just so ties into Bam's character in terms of wanting to save everybody and, you know, kind of seeing a good side in people and wanting to see them develop where it's like, it doesn't matter who you are. We've seen him save his enemies before. It's like the fact that he would go to the extent, whether it was in his hand or not, to, you know, go in debt with Fug to save her, like, says something about Bam's character. And, you know... I don't know if that's actually a right move for Bam to make. I mean, in terms of wanting to leave Fug and now tying himself right back into it with a 10 billion point transaction. Um, but will Bam have to rely on Fug? And I feel like now that he's already dug this hole, he kind of will almost rely on Fug in a way. And even if he doesn't necessarily rely on Fug, I feel like now this will be held over his head in terms of like, we did you a favor. Now you have to do something for us maybe. Or like... I, I don't know. It, it's just weird how I didn't really think in the moment that Fug was going to kind of come in clutch to save, like, Elaine in this scenario. And now that you realize, oh, they kind of were readily available at the whim and kind of just did it on a dime. Like, yep, yeah, here's 10, million, 10 billion points. Like, I almost feel like not. it's not going to be like a get-out-of-jail-free card, but it's almost like now that they have his backing and have done this big thing, like maybe Bam is going to be more willing to do transactions with them. And I, again, I don't like to say that because I don't want it to happen because that's not what he wants. But like, again, as he gets more power and like almost feels like he's fitting this role, he might be more willing to then make these transactions if he feels like he's doing it for the betterment of others. So yeah, I guess I, there might be more of these or more fug in the future and kind of these transactions, which I don't know how I really feel about them. Um, to be honest, love it. <laughs> no, because like that's it. I don't like. I don't think anybody really loves it. But then again, it's like you know, there's different sects of fug. You don't really have to say that all everybody in fug is bad. It really depends on whose side are you on in terms of the goal that they're trying to reach. And it's like, I don't know. Just fug. Fug has been a little bit of bad juju for him, and it's like. You know how how much it meant for him to get away from them and, you know, kind of just discard Jewel Viol Grace. And it's like now that it's kind of been forced on him to use and now that they're kind of backing him a little bit and came out with this big transaction, it's like, bro, please don't go down this path again. But then again, it, it kind of seems like he has to. So I don't know. I guess in the question, I feel like he will rely on them again. Do I like it? No. Um, yeah, so we're just going to have to see to find out. So I'm curious to what you guys think. That's what do you right. got? Uh, I think it is definitely interesting when you think about, like you were saying, like how willing Fug was ready to go to bat for Bam. Because, mm-hmm. um, again, like I mentioned before, uh, so like, you know, like we said, Fug is a huge, stupidly huge uh, organization or group, mm-hmm. right? To the point where there's literal different, you know, one group of Fug does not even think the same way or, or thing that another group of Fug thinks. And so bit, let's just call it Bam sect, right? So we've got Jin Sung, Hawa Ryun see Bam as their, like, that's their slayer. They're like, this is the guy right here, and we will do whatever it takes to get this man in the position he needs to be to kill Jihad. If that is their end goal, they're like, yeah, he needs help doing what? I don't care. Do it. Like, get it done. Because, in again, we were saying before, is, like, these, Fug is, like, you know, it mirrors religion in the sense that, like, to, whether what Bam wants is right or wrong, dog, if that's their slayer, if Bam wants you to, to pay to get this girl, that's what we're doing. I, like, because they're so, like, religiously committed to their slayers that like I think it would be it would be hard for Bam to just like cut the cord like cold turkey and just mm-hmm. not be associated with Fug or Jewel Viol- in any way shape or form mm-hmm. that moment in his life and and 
the people that he met through it by extension is just so large and like interconnected yeah. that it's like that's not gonna go away by being being like exactly. you know what I'm done with this shit no fuck that it's like <laughs> it's not you don't get to just like whisk that away bro um, but I do think it's interesting the next part of this question is like will he end up having to rely on fuck more because I think while in the past he through his time growing up as Jewel Vial Grace it was this thing of like. Fug was like training him, right? Like you know, as he's like the boxer in the in the thing, and they're like, "All right, you got to do this, you got to do this, and you got to train here," because like Jihad's in that other corner, and like when you get up, I need you to be ready to kill him. Fug was like using bomb, so I actually think it would be interesting in a way if like the story sort of pans out in this this you know flipping that on its head, where bomb learns to utilize because bomb for all intents and purposes got put through a lot of shit <laughs> with Fug and, and was traumatized, quite frankly, by the experience, but. If he can use that, at least some of that, a little bit of that, to his advantage, i.e. when it comes to stuff like this, um, I, I'd say it's not a problem, really. I mean, at the end of the day, it is a, it is a, it's another option in the arsenal here, right, of, as far as, like, scenarios that, that have, you know, that he has at his disposal, right? The whole original crux of the argument here between the whole Kaiser name thing was like, oh, we don't know if there's a way that, like, Bomb can win, keep his name, you know, get Kaiser's name and endorse it. Like, you know, if we can have, like, the everybody wins option. And it's like, no, this is a way. You know what I mean? So it's like, if Fug allows him to sort of go outside the box in certain avenues and, like, get things done that he couldn't do by himself, I, I again, as long as we're not talking about the same Fug that, like, Mr. Ruffalo Joe and, and all them and, and Karaka are part of, um, yeah, I don't really think, I don't, I don't think it's bad. I think, I don't think it's bad because I think it's more bomb using Fug instead of Fug using bomb. Yeah, I yeah I agree with um, a lot of the points that you were saying there. Um, it's, you know, I think the fact is is that at least to me, the fug that bomb refers to, <clears throat> or that bomb is in cahoots with, quote unquote, Jin Sung and Haoryun. Um, which in a weird way they never left, <laughs> right? Because yeah. he's like he's like, oh, I escaped fug, and it's like, yeah, you escaped like I guess more of though that kind of fug, but like <clears throat> fug never really left your side. Like Howarian's been part of your squad this entire yeah, time; yeah. she's been telling you where to go. So yeah. if you really want to get technical or uh, you know split hairs here, you've actually been using fug at every turn. You yeah, know, for yeah. uh, like in the case and of Howarian, sure Song is known where he's at. The yeah, whole time, exactly. Just not, like like you know. and but the thing is, is that these people want. I think again to mirror what you were saying, where it's like not necessarily everyone. And fug is bad their their end goal or like the way they get there they might have differences in opinion and some of them might be doing it for what they deem to be morally superior compared to others etc you could go into it all day but the point is is that haoryun and jinsung ha huh, want bomb to succeed and i think they want him to succeed for more than just the sense that all right it's like strictly the whole slayer fug thing i think mm. they do like bomb as a person right. <laughs> um you know in general so just to kind of mirror those thoughts but anyway i think that's I everything we have for today right all the questions yeah. Yeah. all right listen folks thank you so much for asking your questions today uh remember if you enjoyed the content today to like share subscribe hit that notification bell share with your friends and comment your thoughts down below what did you think of our discussion what did you think of the chapters what did you think of the videos the live streams etc let us know all those thoughts in the comments down below but until next time we will catch you on the flip Peace. 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 Ninjas are samurais. Blaze of the cool eyes. Find me in the leaf of the cloud. Screaming out Bankai. We just some ghouls though. Who likes seeing parts fly?